The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I had a chosh v'yid sitting in my house Friday night. A yid from Lakewood came in for like boimes. He came to eat by me, and um, he told me a ma'isa. I don't remember all the details, but it's a beautiful ma'isa. And he says to me like this: He says he knows a kolon yungaman that put in an offer for a house in Jackson. Apparently, all the house prices are going up around the world, in America, in Lakewood, wherever you are. And he wanted to get this house. Prices are going up. He wanted a chaperain. So he put in whatever he could manage. It wasn't the greatest offer in the world. He put in this offer for this house in Jackson. But as he put in the offer, he said, there's no way they're going to take my offer. Like anyone normal can, if, can afford way more than I'm offering for this house. It's a great house, land, it's in a great location, whatever it is. I'll put in the offer because I have to understand this, right? So he puts, in, uh, he puts in the offer and he waits and he waits and he waits and eventually he kind of gives up. So forget it. Obviously, I've got to start moving on the process, finding somewhere else, till he gets that phone call. He gets a phone call from whoever it was that's in charge of selling the house, and they said, Mr. Cohen, I want to tell you that your offer has been accepted. He says, really? My offer was accepted? No way. You're telling me you didn't get any higher offers than mine? He said, actually, we got very high offers, including one offer for $100,000, more than what you were offering. She said, I don't understand. So why was it that you accepted my offer? So listen to what he said. He said, this house was owned by um, a couple, Goyim, non-Jewish people, who were getting divorced, a sticky divorce. And the court case made up a sack that whatever they make money of the house, the husband has to give half of it to his wife. So he took the lowest offer possible to make sure that he wouldn't give the rest to his wife. And Mela, his, his offer was accepted. Well, I say that's, that is that is the other Hashem. That is that is absolutely myriadic. And I want to tell you another Gavaldiga Maisa, which I read in um, in a book, and it goes like this: There was a printing press, um, a, a non-Jewish printing press, that prints books and gets manuscripts from people like ten, twenty every single week from these hopeful writers that want to really hope to try and make it in life and become rich and become famous and whatever. And he tries to go through them, whatever it was. There was one time, uh, someone who he actually knew, sent in a manuscript and he put it in like a nice gift box, I guess thinking that the owner of the printing press will look at it and maybe take more notice of it, put it in this nice gift box, and you know, the fellow put it on, the, uh, put it on his desk, and uh, he never managed to look at it, and one night he says, you know something, this guy keeps calling me once a week, have you checked it, have you checked it, I haven't had time, I'm going to take it home. So he takes this gift box back with the manuscript, puts it in the side of his car, and he goes, uh, he goes wherever he goes to travel home. He puts it in the front seat of the car and he, and he stops at one of the local restaurants on the way home in order to eat something before he makes it home. He stops there a couple of hours, he eats something before he comes back. He comes back to his car and he sees that the window is smashed, that the radio has been taken, and this gift box is gone. Now the radio, he says, big deal, I can figure out the radio, I'll get a new radio, it's not the end of the world. Over the gift box, obviously someone thought that there was something in in there, he took it away. Now he remembered that the guy who wrote the manuscript said, be really, really careful, it's the only copy that I have. There is no other copy, we're talking about before computers and files and backups and everything. This was the only copy of the manuscript that he had. How is he going to break it to the guy who wrote it, that he has lost the manuscript, the only one that's existing? He didn't know what to do. For a couple of days he was hemming and hurrying, watching. I do what you do till he gets that weekly phone call from the guy who wrote it saying, you know, about to say, no, did you check it? 
But he doesn't say, new, no, did you check it? He said to the guy, you know, it's a bissel of chutzpah, he says. It's a bissel of chutzpah. That I understand you didn't like my manuscript. I understand you didn't like it, you didn't want to print it, you didn't think it was printworthy. Fine. But to throw it in my backyard, I think that's a bit of a chutzpah. This guy couldn't believe it. Out of all the places in the world that this gunner took it from the front seat of his car, obviously opened it, saw it's a bunch of papers, and threw it in somebody's backyard in America was this guy who wrote it backyard, which is absolutely mind-boggling. Tell you another one as well. The guy was delivering the post, and he comes to the house, and he sees the lady of the house is just standing there and standing there, and he's like, is everything okay? She says, oh, I forgot my key inside. The neighbor who has the spare key is not there. He's gone away for a couple of days vacation, and my husband who's got another key is on some kind of work, whatever it is, in the middle of who knows where, I'm stuck without a key. What can I do? So he says, listen, the only thing you can do is call a locksmith. Call a locksmith, go figure it out. They'll open up the key, they'll open up the door and everything will be fine. She said, yeah, I guess it's a lot of money. I'm trying to think about other options. Whatever. He says, listen, man, I can't spend a lot of time here. Here's the mail for today. Hopefully there's a letter in there that maybe will give you a bit of chizuk, that will enlighten you, that will uplift you. All right, I've got nothing better to do than check the mail, right? So she checks the mail and she opens it and all of a sudden a key falls out. And she reads the letter and it says, I came to stay in your house a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, and you gave me a spare key, and I forgot to take it with me, and forgot to give it to you before I left. So here's the key right now. Unbelievable acts of pure divine providence and ashkocha protis in the world. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.